All right, so today for Mother's Day, uh, I wanna talk about uh, four things that I learned from my mom. Um, most of you know my mom recently passed away. And uh, so today I'm just gonna share with you some things I learned from her and, and how they really relate uh, to the gospel and to the church uh, and to just living the Christian life. The, the first thing, number one thing I learned from my mom was sacrifice. Uh, Webster's Dictionary says that sac to sacrifice is to die in order to help someone else. Now, sacrifice for a mom uh, is, is just the norm. You can't be a mom without sacrificing. When you think about it, it starts with pregnancy. Now, as men, we have no clue. We have no idea what pregnancy is like. I, now, I, I did bring a parasite home from India. That's as close as I've gotten. It was something that lived inside of me and made me sick. And so, you know, and it ate my food. And so that's about as far, that's about as close as, as a man can get. Uh, but so it starts with pregnancy. And then, you know, if pregnancy is not enough, I mean, there, there are people who love being pregnant. My mom, in fact, loved being pregnant. The, she said the only time she did not have morning sickness was when she was pregnant that every other day of her life, she woke up nauseous, but she loved being pregnant. But even if you love being pregnant, there's no way you can say being pregnant is comfortable, right? It, it starts off maybe not quite as uncomfortable, but with every day, it gets more uncomfortable. And that's just something that, you know, we don't really understand as men. And it's nine months, right? It's a long time. Now, it could be worse. The gestation period for an elephant <laughs> is 645 days, so two years. Uh, but it, it also could be better. The gestation period for a cat, 64 days. 64 days. For a mouse, 21 days, which explains a lot. For a gerbil, 16 days, which makes it easier for me to understand how when I was in the fourth grade and we had two gerbils in a cage and I went home for the weekend and came back and there were eight gerbils in a cage. And then there's the opossum, or as we say in the South, the possum. 12 days, y'all. And so the next time you hit a possum on the road, don't feel bad. <laughs> They'll have a whole new family the next week. Really, sacrifice is, is, is a willingness to do things that benefit other people. When I was in, a freshman in college, I informed my mom a week before my final exam in econ that I was about to fail the course. Now, my mom could have scolded me for not going to class, she could have questioned my work ethic. You know, have you kept up with your homework? Have you studied? Have you done this? Have you done that? She could have done all of those things. You know what my mom did? She read and outlined my entire econ textbook in two days 
and then tried to teach me the course in three days. Roaring success, I made a D. <laughs> but that was, that's the way my mom responded to things. It wasn't to you know, question me, scold me, but to sacrifice. I'm sure that my mom would much, she would have much rather been reading a, a romance novel or something like that uh, than my econ textbook. Jesus is the ultimate example of sacrifice. I mean, think about the cross. Nothing about the cross benefited him. It didn't make him better. Going to the cross did not make him better. He was already perfect. And so everything that was done on the cross was for others. It was for you. It was, it was for me. This is the ultimate sacrifice. There was nothing to be gained. He didn't need the cross. We needed the cross. And he went for us. Sacrifice. Second thing I learned uh, from my mom is that helping is better than criticizing. When I was a senior in high school, the first baseball game of the season, I struck out three times. There were a lot of things that my mom could have said or done. Like for instance, my football coach the next day at school asked me if I was the captain of the air conditioning team. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean? And he said, y'all were just fanning a lot yesterday and making nothing but just air. But you know what my mom did? <laughs> she took me to the eye doctor. <laughs> Unfortunately, the eye doctor said that my eyes were fine. But my mom's response was not to criticize my hitting or lack thereof. My mom's response was to help me and so she took me to the eye doctor. Jesus was brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And everyone in the crowd wanted to judge her. In fact, they wanted to stone her. Jesus wanted to help her. So we have to choose. There are going to be people in your life who let you down. There are gonna be people who fail. There will be people who fail at home. There will be people who fail at work. There will be people who just fail in general and, and we get to choose. Will we blame? Will we criticize? Will we judge or will we help? My mom was a helper. The third thing that I learned from my mom was that influence doesn't require volume. Influence doesn't require volume. I learned from my mom that the loudest voice in the room is not always the smartest voice or the strongest voice. My mom was quiet. Now, my dad, on the other hand, was pretty loud. My dad was loud. My, my dad owned the room. When my dad came in the room, everyone knew he was there. And he owned the room. I, I almost am a single person today because my dad was so loud. The first time I took Melissa home uh, to have Sunday dinner with my family, my dad scared her to death. And he didn't say anything except nice things. She should have seen him on a day when he said things that weren't nice. 
I would be single, but he said nice things, but just the way he greeted her and welcomed her to our lunch table was scary because my dad was just loud. My dad is the extrovert's extrovert. And when he comes into, like if he was here today, he would not go home until he had greeted each one of you and spoken to every one of you face to face. So much so that my mom, when they would go to parties together, my mom would just, when they came in the door, she would go over to a corner and sit in a chair and wait so that my dad could go around and speak to every person because he was convinced that if he didn't, they would be offended. That was my, mom, my dad. My mom was different. My, my dad made her room louder. My mom made her room better. Just by being in the room, she made it better. She didn't have to be loud. She didn't have to do a lot or say a lot. Just being there, she was different. I would say look for the person who is quietly faithful. Now, one of my favorite stories in scripture is when they send out the spies to check out the land. Moses sends them out and 10 of the spies uh, come back with a bad report and they're, they're pretty loud about it. They're convinced this is not going to work. And Joshua and Caleb believe God for what he has promised and they say, surely we can do this. We can have this land. God has promised us to it. We promised it to us. We can have it. They lost the vote, but they won the prize. They lost the vote, but they won the prize. They weren't loudest, but they were the best. Look for the person who's quietly faithful. And then finally, I learned from my mom that loyalty, loyalty is important. In fact, for my mom, loyalty was a primary family value. Um, my mom told me many, many times that her greatest joy in life was having adult children who loved each other. The day of her funeral, uh, the two days actually that we celebrated together her life as a family, uh, 12 of us, the, the six children and their sibling, I mean, and their spouses got to sit together and, and experience how right she was. Uh, being in a room where there was no animosity, uh, no conflict really, just 12 adults who love each other, who there, there was no discomfort. There was no one in the room that you were uncomfortable with. My mom valued that, she championed that, and we grew up uh, desiring that. Uh, loyalty is important. The Bible says, honor your mother and father. Uh, Jesus at the cross says to John, here's your mother. Uh, the family throughout scripture is central. Psalm 68, six says, 
God sets the lonely in families. Exodus 20, 12 says, God blesses children who obey their parents. Psalm 127, three through five says, God blesses parents with children. Proverbs 15, 20 says, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. There are, there are people here in this room who, who have family issues. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, my, my siblings and I had the chance to sit together and realize just how uncommon it is to have a large family with no conflict. And there are people here, you don't have that right now. Many of you in this room have conflict, you have issues with family members. And it's, the truth is that the ones that we love the most are often the ones who hurt us the deepest. Jesus knew that. Jesus experienced that. Jesus was betrayed and he was denied and he was deserted by the ones who were closest to him. The interesting thing is that shortly after his resurrection, when Mary saw him in the garden, he said to her, now, I, I don't know, maybe if I had been Jesus, it would have gone something like this. Hey, Mary, go tell those scoundrels, um, those you know, ne'er-do-wells, those uh, fair-weather friends, those losers who <laughs> deserted me that I'm alive, so there. <laughs> but you know what Jesus said? He said, Mary, go tell my brothers. Go tell my brothers that I'm alive. Tell them to meet me in Galilee and tell them that I ascend to my God and to their God, to my Father and to their Father. I wanna be like him. When it comes to family conflict, when it comes to conflict with anyone, I wanna be like him. For those of you who, who are in it, and, and for some of you, it seems like it's out of reach Reconciliation, change, seems like it's out of reach. For some of you, if I could be so bold, you're the problem. I'm not pointing it out, but if it's true, you know it. I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm just saying that some of you know. You've drawn a line in the sand. And that's the problem. I know a person, she's actually in this room, who, who was estranged from a sister. And it wasn't so much that they were at odds, they had just been separated. Their lives had gone in different directions and, and she had become a believer. And for years and years and years, there was no contact. And they lived on different sides of the globe, y'all, not different sides of the city, different sides of the globe. You know what she did? She got on a plane and she flew to the place 
where she had discovered her sister lived and she found her and she led her to Jesus. And now they're friends. So here's what I would say to you. If, you're, if you have issues, whether it's your fault or, or somebody else's fault, if it feels like it's out of reach, know this, it's not out of his reach. And so pray and ask him, repent. If, if there are things that you need to repent for, repent. But pray, repent, reconcile, and restore. Pray, repent, ask God to bring reconciliation and to bring restoration. Loyalty was huge uh, for my mom and, and family loyalty well, it was at the highest, highest rung on the ladder. And right below that was loyalty to Auburn. Um, <laughs> my mom loved Auburn so much. Uh, she, she went to Auburn to school and uh, she was a true fan. That was her only team. You know, she, it didn't matter, win or lose. And, and it didn't matter the player, if they played for Auburn, her comment was always, he's such a good player and he's an e even better person. You know, and that, that was, and she'd never met them. She'd never met them. She just knew that by virtue of the fact that they were at Auburn, they must be great people. Uh, my mom was not a fan of the transfer portal. Now, some of you, if you don't know what the transfer portal is, it basically is a rule in college sports now where you can change teams whenever you want to for as many times as you want to, just helter-skelter, just go play for whatever team you want to. And right now, I think it's year by year, but eventually it may be week by week. You can just change a team. Uh, my mom would not like the transfer portal because she believed, you know, you join a team and you stay with that team forever. Which explains why my mom attended the same church for 70 years. And they had some good preachers. And they had some bad ones. I remember one time she called me and she said, I think I'm gonna like our new preacher. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, I just heard his first sermon and he didn't lose his place a single time. <laughs> That's a pretty low bar. But that was my mom. You know, she, she loved the church because it was her church. You know, the transfer portal is pretty new for college sports. It's not new for the church. We've had a transfer portal for a long time. And we've had people changing teams, changing churches uh, for a lot of reasons and, and most of them not very good reasons. Uh, I have a quote here from Alan Hirsch. If you haven't read any of his stuff, you should read some of Alan's stuff. You cannot build a church on consumers. They'll desert you at a moment's notice because they have no commitments beyond meeting their own needs. Jesus can take 12 disciples and build a movement that changes the world. You could never do that with consumers. Some of you have already been through the transfer portal. Some of you got here through the transfer portal. And some of you are thinking right now about the transfer portal. <laughs> Here's what I want to say about, about choosing a church. Don't, 
choose a church because of the children's ministry. I, I love our children's ministry. Don't choose a church because of the children's ministry. Don't choose a church because of the youth ministry. I love our youth ministry. You know why you don't choose a church because of the children's ministry and the youth ministry? Because your children don't stay children. And because your youth don't stay youth. And then you're stuck in a church you don't even like because you went there for the wrong reason. Don't choose a church because you like the small group that you're in. Because guess what? People leave. Somebody gets a transfer and they go to another state and somebody decides that they're gonna enter the transfer portal and they're gone. And, and unfortunately, somebody gets a divorce and they're out of your, your small group. And then you look and you say, wow, the reason I came here doesn't exist anymore. So why do you choose a church? You choose a church based on what they believe and what they're committed to what they believe and what they're committed to, the vision. What is the vision of the church? What are they going after? What are they committed to? I've been the lead pastor of this church for 21 years. And for 21 years, prayer is first, worship is encounter, healing, is today, disciples are made and ministry happens more out there than in here. That's been us for 21 years. It's not gonna change. Know the vision, know what the church believes and know what they're committed to. That, that's the only way you can choose. Most of the reasons that people leave most of the reasons that people enter the transfer portal are bad reasons. If there's heresy, call it. And if they won't repent, you can go. If there's immorality among the leadership, call it. If they won't repent, you can go. That's about it. If they don't believe the Bible, call it, if they don't repent. So, we're gonna <laughs> come to a screeching halt. Um, I can give you, if you need, help after today, I can give you directions to the transfer portal. Um, here's, here's the thing. We said God loves family and God has invited you to be a part of his family. And the idea that there would be churches competing with each other over members of God's family was never his idea never had that in mind. And so if, if that's something that we do or something that you do, then we need to repent of that. We need to not do that. If you are here today and you have family issues that you want resolved, 
we would love to pray for you. If you're here today and Mother's Day is not a great day for you because of various reasons, maybe, maybe you've wanted to be a mom and you haven't been able to conceive, we would love to pray for you. Maybe you've recently lost your mom as I have. We would love to pray for you. For those of you that Mother's Day is a great and glorious day, God bless you. We hope you have a fabulous day, wonderful day. Get a flower on the way out. For those of you that this is a hard, harder day, we would love to pray for you. We don't want you to leave here thinking they don't care about me, they just think they just care about people that are happy. That is not the truth. We care deeply about you and we want to, to pray for you and minister to you today. For those of you um, who, quite frankly, have never really thought about what it means to commit something. If you're a person who, who has just kind of gone here and there based on whatever was happening at the moment, and you would love to explore what it means to really be committed to a mission, we would love to pray for you and, and, and talk with you about that. So I'm going to ask our teams if they would come and get ready. And ask our worship folks to come back up. And we're going to go back into a time of worship. And uh, just invite you to come. And, and if you need prayer today, if you need prayer for something else, um, you need healing, physical healing, spiritual healing, uh, relational healing, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, whatever your needs, uh, we want to pray for you today. So, um, as we go into this time, I just, I just want to encourage you to open your heart to the Lord, to lean towards him, and to ask him simply, how, Lord, would you have me respond today? It could be that his desires that you would come for prayer. It could be that his desires that you reach out today uh, to, to a family member that you've been sideways with. It could be that he would have you call your mom today and, and tell her how blessed you are to have her as a mom. It could be that you need to let go of some things. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking about mom and some of the thoughts are not great and there's forgiveness that needs to happen. We would love to pray for you today. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you to move in this room pray, Lord, that our hearts, as your people, our hearts would be open 
to sacrifice. Our hearts would lean towards helping. Our hearts would know that influence comes through faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that we would be loyal to you and to your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Once you stand, we're gonna worship for a bit. And uh, if you need prayer today, we would love to pray for you.